Hi there, and welcome to Vox Talk, your weekly review from the world of voiceover. I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli from Voices. Do you audition for every job you get invited to? Or do you find yourself turning down work based on your values and beliefs? Joining me today is David Goldberg, CEO of Edge Studio. Recently, Edge Studio put out a survey asking if talent would record for a product or service they didn't believe in, or use their voice to promote a political candidate they did not support. We'll discuss some key takeaways from the survey, as well as tools you can use to figure out which jobs you want to do. Welcome to the show, David. Hey, thanks so much uh, for bringing us on. Yeah, as soon as I saw that this was happening, I thought, oh my goodness, I need to have David on the show and talk about this, this survey they're doing. So uh, can you tell us more about the survey and why you decided to run it? Yeah, um, great question. There are so many conundrums that come up in this industry. And because we are educators and we guide so many voice actors, we are very often faced with these, these predicaments ourselves. Voice actors call us up and say, do you think this or do you think, think that? And and very often there are lots of different sides to a story, right? You know, there's just not one answer. There's not one answer that fits all in probably any industry, but certainly not in voiceover. And so this one question came up and we thought it was really interesting. And so we thought we would publish it and elicit back some responses. And uh, so we did that. And the responses we received were phenomenal. The answers are all over the place. They give so much, they really make you think uh, about your own career. So uh, we asked, would you record a voiceover for a product or service or candidate that you don't believe in? And yeah, the responses that we received were really interesting. Wow. I imagine they would be all over the map because you have a following from everywhere. So all kinds of views represented for sure. Uh, so did you see like a balance between like what were the possible answers? What, what were the, the choices they had? Yeah, to your first point, yeah, these um, the answers did come from everywhere, uh, including numerous countries. Uh, we could tell just from uh, the their the voice actors' responses, which was really interesting to get a, like an international perspective. And we grouped all of the responses into three categories: one for voice actors who said absolutely I would record it; uh, second category were maybe it depends; and third category was no, absolutely not. And so we have put those onto our blog and organized them that way. And yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Right on. So, um, you know, from looking through all the comments, because uh, thank you for sending those to me so I could understand and, and appreciate what the survey results were. Um, you know, it looked like some voice actors, and certainly we see this just all over the board, right? That some voice actors see their work as being separate from themselves, while other voice actors strongly equate the kind of work that they do with who they are, with their personality, what, what they think of as important to them in their in their day-to-day -day life. So um, why do you think that that is? What, why is there kind of one group that is happy to do anything regardless and another that is, is perhaps more selective? I thought a lot about that. And I don't, I never came up with the ultimate answer, but I think it just is, it depends on someone's situation. I, I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's one answer. I think uh, looking at the responses, some people said, look, you know, it depends on whether or not the voice actor is hungry. If they need to put food on the table, you'll do anything for your family. Uh, we had uh, voice actors who said, look, you know, I'm also an actor. And as an actor, I play the, the character, the role of, of movie and TV show uh, characters who I may not even agree with their personality, their disposition. I could be playing the part of a bad guy on a, on a cop show. And, and you know, we're, like, where do you draw the line? Um, of course, people's scruples uh, were a large part of the answers that came in. I will say that uh, 
possibly the most interesting thing was that just about an equal third of people said yes, they would record a job uh, given that they don't believe in the product, service, or candidate. A third said maybe, and a third said no. It was even very evenly split. Yeah, that that maybe group. That's an interesting one because I guess under certain circumstances, they may feel compelled or want to voice something that they wouldn't typically voice. And that doesn't mean that they don't agree with it in principle. It might just mean, well, I, I don't turn my mic on for less than 250 bucks, but but maybe for that client, because I really like it and they've only got 175, I might do it. So there's different ways that a voice actor might um, shall we say, uh, deviate from what they would normally do. So I know that some sometimes it's about that, but in this particular survey, it was more so to do with the work that they would want to do, as in the work that I feel confidently uh, that I support, that I, I feel authentic when I'm voicing it, and, and that I genuinely want to see whatever it is I'm doing succeed. Right? Like, that's the whole point. People go to a higher voice actor because they want to communicate a message and they want to do it effectively to an audience that it goes into the ears of and hopefully the hearts and minds. Because that's the whole purpose of a message, be it advertising, uh, be it a character in a role, be it whatever it is. There's always something behind that voice and what that message is. So, yeah, I just find this very interesting um, that we're seeing all kinds of different responses. And as you said, possibly people from outside of the U.S. I know it's very heavily um, slanted toward the U.S. here with more. American talent answering. But that said, I think that everybody faces challenges in their countries that might be different. They're not always political. You know, sometimes it's just, it could be a, a religious thing. It could be, uh, you know, just something that you feel strongly about that you wouldn't want to do. Um, maybe it's preferential, right? Like it doesn't have to be, it's this one big bad thing. It could be any number of different reasons for why a voice actor might not do work or may do work or or will always do that work, right? So, um, and this brings me around to a question about brand, David, because I know that at Edge, you guys are really serious about helping people develop their brand, to know what it is to market themselves well, and to establish their own place in the industry, right? So... Yeah, so as we're talking about that and how every business, of course, needs a brand, and the voice actors are no exception, all of you down from like your headshots to the website to the logos you have designed, this is all branding, right? So um, all of this being taken into account, what should voice actors be thinking of when creating their brand, knowing that it communicates so much about them? Uh, I, I do feel that it's very important to have a brand. And I think that voice actors sometimes take that uh, to be, uh, to think that that's going to be an expensive proposition to hire marketing agencies to figure out who they are and, and the clients that they will reach. So just, uh, I think that I, I'd like to put your question and the answer into a, a bit of perspective, if that's okay. One is that when voice actors are brand new, sometimes they don't even, they don't know the industry well enough and clients don't know their voice well enough for them to even figure out what it is that they want to specialize in, where their brand should be. So it is pretty common for voice actors to launch their careers without branding. I don't think it's a great thing, but there are certainly a number of voice actors who go out there and try to be everything to everyone. And at some point they start saying, in fact, someone said this to me just a day or two ago, they say, you know, I started noticing that I'm always getting hired for one particular kind of work and, and maybe that should be, become my brand. But there are other voice actors who come into our doors who are brand new and say, I like I don't know anything about voiceover. We put them through an evaluation process and they say, you know what, audiobooks, clearly that's that's what I want to be focusing on. And and so we build them into this industry. We, we let them grow in this industry with that brand already in place, which is great. What's also interesting is that a lot of voice actors 
they don't realize that there is a lot of potential work out there in different genres. So they come into this industry and they think the only work out there is commercial work or perhaps animation work. Or they come into the industry and they say, um, my voice is, I've always been told that my voice is great for one genre. So they come in with a predisposition of where they belong in the industry. But in reality, when we train them, when we, when we go through training and coaching and, and demos with them, we realize that they really are more marketable in another genre. And sometimes those voice actors heed our advice and they say, you know what? I'll trust you. That's great. You know, I thought commercial work is where I should be, but now you've opened my eyes. There is a lot of different kinds of work, and and I I will pursue the the other genres which you uh, feel would be more marketable for for my voice. Um, I don't know. There's just you know people are people. Really, that's what it comes down to, right? Um, people come in with different aspirations, different uh, ideas in mind. Some people want to take our advice, some don't, and that's all fine. We're there to guide people the best we can, and. Uh, and and ease them through their career and like you know do everything we can to help them launch their career and become successful where this this whole concept of or the whole question of whether or not they should take on a job or not because they believe or don't believe in a product that is interesting because there are some voice actors who are saying look it's not my specialty like that that's not my branding so i will avoid it anyway it's like an easy out for them so i hope that answers your question yeah, no, I think it does. And because brand is important. Um, what most people don't think about, though, is where does the brand come from? Because you spoke about what someone's voice might be suited to or what kind of work they're just drawn to and, and where uh, their artistic abilities might sit better in the ears of the audience. Um, but what I think someone needs to know before they even walk in your door, David, is what is the sort of work that I'm willing to do versus what am I not going to do? Uh, but also, what is the stuff I'm passionate about? Because those are the sorts of jobs that they're going to want to go after and possibly frame their brand around, or at least the messaging that they promote themselves with, and, and possibly the, the kind of spots that they put on their demos and so on. Yeah, that's a great point. We look at three things, three different criteria when we're helping someone figure out their brand. We look at their their actual voice, like which genres is their voice even marketable for? We look very much at their interests, their personal interests, as you're suggesting in uh, this question, because when someone reads something or they read about something uh, on a topic that they personally enjoy, they bring so much more to the table yeah, they, they don't necessarily need to be subject matter experts, but if they enjoy a particular subject matter, then they they just read it with more passion. And and that is translated to the ears of the listener. It's, it's amazing. Uh, the third thing we look at are goals. A voice actor may say, uh, I want to do this full-time or part-time. I, I want to uh, only work in commercials. I, have, or I only want to narrate audiobooks. And whatever their goals are, we sort of find the intersection, I'd say, between their goals, uh, their personal interests, and their voice. And actually, I would add in a fourth category at times, and that is just their personal lifestyle. That has to be that has to be taken into consideration, um, because some people don't have the time to narrate audiobooks. Audiobooks is, is a demanding job in terms of the number of hours that need to be set forth. And so, if someone doesn't have the luxury of Work, of getting a call from a client who says, I have a book that needs to be recorded in the next two weeks or three weeks, and it will take you about 20 or 30 hours. If someone doesn't have that kind of time set aside, then they shouldn't even bother getting into audiobooks. And and that uh, there are lots of genres in this industry which do have sort of lifestyle uh, requirements. 
um, whether it's the time of the day that things are recorded or how quick things need to be turned around, whatever the case, I'd say that there are those four categories then uh, that we look at. Someone's goals, their personal interests, their personal lifestyle, and their actual voice. And yeah, and you, once you find that intersection, people are so much more successful in this industry. It's amazing. Right. And not only does it make them more successful, it also helps them to save time because you're not wasting that time trying to do the mental gymnastics required to say, am I a fit for this or, or should I pass? Yeah. Or like, you know, does this fit well with, with how I want to present myself as a professional and have my name and or voice affixed too? Because I, I know talent, like you, you are recognized by your voices, even though you are not seen, you know, you're not on camera most of the time. Um, I know there are a lot of talent who follow follow each other and study what the others are doing. And, and certainly your coaches or agents will know if it's you or not. The one area where I wonder about, and I'm going to jump down in our questions to this, is that if you turn down the request of an agent or a casting director what is that is more closely like, you know, in charge of possibly the trajectory of your career, you know, are they going to respect you for having that boundary or are they going to like find a reason not to call you back next time? Yeah, I was thinking about that when you when we were just talking a moment ago. Um, because when we turned down this ad agency, it was a new agency to us. And turning down the this one campaign meant possibly mitigating or eliminating future work from this agency in general. Like it it could be a spiral of you know there could have been a spiral of on of incoming work right from that particular agency. Assuming that we did a good job on the campaign, the audio portion of the campaign, they could have brought more work to us. And so that was a big decision. Um, and there, there have been, uh, that was probably the, in terms of money, uh, that was probably the largest situation I've been in uh, as of owning this business uh, in all 34, 35 years. I mean, that was a, it was a big job. <laughs> and, um, and so I have had uh, conversations with clients when I say, look, I, I love your work. I'm really anxious to work with you. However, this is where I have to draw the line on this particular job. But can we talk about continuing to work on other projects? And sometimes it's worked, sometimes it hasn't. You know, it's uh, sometimes the client's going to say, you know, if you can't help us, if we can't count on you 100% of the time, we need to find someone who we can count on 100% of the time. I can understand that. It's, you know, we all have vendors and services, um, service providers we call on. And it's nice to be able to rely on someone and not have to worry like, well, will they do it this time or not? So certainly we've lost some work. But I also think that a couple, and I know, I know for a fact, in a couple of situations when I've reached out to someone, they've said, you know what, we really respect you saying this to us. And they have come back and given us work. So I haven't lost all clients, <laughs> but certainly I think some. Well, I'm really encouraged, David, about what you said about how some of those clients actually respect your position and, and maybe even think more highly of you because of your uh, just being very principled in how you you were going about things. But I'm just wondering, like, because the drumbeat that I continue to hear from casting directors and agents is that they want what is best for the voice actor. They want to do the best job possible. They're the voice actor's friend, all of these things. And if that is true, one would think that they would either know this information about the talent before they presented them with an opportunity because they've taken the time to build relationship rapport to say, oh, well, I won't do the cigarette commercials or I, I, I can't possibly be seen with this, this um, you know, kitchen device or whatever it might be, right? So, you know, like it, it's, it's a strange little thing to think that, that just saying no once might 
ruin your relationship uh, with someone for other kinds of work that you might do with them. But in the agency casting world, at least the agency world, I would really, 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 really hope that the talent are having these in-depth conversations with their talent agent or prospective agents, because this is kind of maybe a make or break for whether they rep you or not, you know, is like, I, I need people who can either do this or that or this voice type, or we can't too many people doing this sort of thing. Um, that those under, those those conversations would be clearly had, understood, respected. The two parties know where they stand. Now, with casting directors, obviously, you don't work with the same CD every time. Sometimes you just called in, and, and you don't necessarily have that relationship. Um, but but from what I understand of their hearts, so far as what I can see online in panel discussions, I've heard very much supportive of the actor. So, is it a far cry to say? that they, of all people, should be more understanding, or or am I overstating? I, I think you're overstating, but for a different reason. What you're saying makes a lot of sense, and I agree with you, and I wish it was that way. But there are so many situations that come up where this question that we're discussing today um, arises. So, for example, recently we had a job for a vegan company. They, it's a brand new vegan website. They have some explainer videos on their website and they're looking for a new voice actor. And they were very clear to me that they don't want anyone who eats meat to be the voice actor. They want a vegan to narrate this vegan spot, and that makes sense. Um, now, we could have reached out to voice actors who we have worked with for years and said, hey, would you like this job? You know, I think your voice would be great for it. And then I could have brought those auditions to the client, and the client would have said, well, their voice is great, but are they a vegan? I'd say, I don't know. Because that's a question, and from our casting department, that's a question that I would never think to ask a voice actor. And so th there's just so many situations where a voice actor may feel against something that we couldn't begin to ask everything. It, it just isn't, I don't think it's feasible. Yeah, returning to the vegan comment, um, that is not just a way of eating. It is very much a lifestyle. Yes. So I understand how someone, a brand, in particular, would want to be represented by someone who who held to to what they um, you know say this is uh, what goes along with being vegan. And I'm not trying to say every vegan is the same. I do not want to make that mistake. Um, but but so far as you know, the reasons for why someone might be vegan, it, it must be a, a strange uh, tightrope to walk. Uh, we, in our casting department, we don't have a hard time asking. Right now, we are doing a, a rather large job for an animal. Um, uh, activist uh, organization as they're international and we're putting out some videos and we are actually donating our services. Uh, we do that for a large number of um, organizations that I personally believe in. And we are seeking voice actors who feel the same way about animals, about animal rights. And so part of our whole casting is, are you will, do you want to donate your services along with our donation um, and to support this organization? So that is part of the casting call. So sometimes it's just the makeup of the voice actor we hire. So, you know, certainly there are times that we seek a voice actor. We say, you know, we, we need to concern ourselves with the gender, the age, the language, you know, a couple of uh, emotional types of voices. You know, there's not that much to the voice. But in this situation, we are actually seeking a personality trait. You know, do you like animals? Are you for animal rights? We're doing another job right now for a, a large, a very large global company, a mm -hmm. global sustainability company. Mm -hmm. And we're seeking voice actors who are, very pro-environment and support, you know, uh, the environment. And so 
sometimes those things do end up in our casting uh, requests, but I don't know if that's the case with agents, as we discussed, mm-hmm. or you know, with other clients. But yeah, that that does become part of our our thing sometimes. Yeah, because I've spoken to a number of agents who who do really think that that matters to talk to people about what is most important to them, the voice actor, and what they feel you know most comfortable recording for. Uh, so, but yeah, I just thinking like that's a that's a lot of stuff to have to consider, and yeah. and I was thinking about all the maybes, all the maybes in there, and it's kind of like, well, how far animal rights supporting do I need to be to qualify to do sure. this job? Like, do I have to be? I don't know, out having like, like what's the, I guess you would get the gist of that from the casting. You would understand what spectrum of animal rights activists you might be or, or how far you might go on just the environmental piece, let alone the animal's rights, because that can be related and or separate, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on how yep. you're looking sure. at things. Um, and it's kind of like, wow, like there's, there's so much going on in all of this and be it religion, be it politics, be it. Um, food choices, because obviously food food choices are kind of a big deal now uh, for reasons other than the food themselves at times, um, you know. And I absolutely like I I can imagine that this must be just an area that talent have not thought of, not really hard about, and they only just recently have had to either create more nuanced thought in this area because of just all the various ways that they are seeing things happen in the world today based on how they view the world and what's going on. Um, but like, this is, this is a whole new ball game, I would say, because if someone walked into a studio 30 years ago, they might've not wanted to record the cigarette commercial, right? <laughs> but now right. there might be three or four other periphery reasons why you might not want to do something. So ah, I, I think it's just an encouragement. We need to leave people with encouragement today, David. So uh, before we go, I just want to ask you, like, what can people be doing to get voice work for things that they really love and they're passionate about and they have zero qualms with doing? Like, because like what we want to do here is is make sure that people feel equipped, that they're supported and that they've taken something from the show that they can do today. So, so what is one thing or what are several things that they can do to help find that work that they want to do and be really proud of? Yeah, so... That really circles back to what we spoke about earlier about branding. I really believe that when you enter this industry, if you have a brand and it's something that you you personally endorse, something you believe in, something you're passionate about, something you're experienced with, you will be so much more successful. And many of our most uh, successful voice acting students who come through our doors and really succeed in their careers, they focus on some like a, a niche of the industry. A, a pretty specific niche. They they pigeonhole themselves into one little area of this voiceover world. And at, at, usually at first, they're very concerned about that because they think, oh my goodness, like I'm pigeonholing myself in. There can't be that much work. But there is work out there for specialists in every type of work out there from medical uh, physicians to accountants to whatever it is, technology experts. There, there are places for niche experts. And that holds true in voiceover. Voice actors can be so much more successful when they really fine-tune what they offer, their branding, when they fine-tune it down to what fits their voice, their personal interests, their lifestyle, their goals. You can do so much in this industry. There is so much work in this industry. You just have to find it. And the more I find, usually, not always, but for most voice actors, 
when you focus on your when you focus your efforts, when you focus your career in one area, you can be much more successful. There's a great analogy, Stephanie. It's as simple as opening up a restaurant. If I said to you, "Hey, I'm opening up a restaurant on the side," you could say to me, "That's cool." Yeah, what kind of restaurant? If I said, oh, "You know, we'll serve food." <laughs> yeah, it, it's, like, it's weird, right? It's just too general. Like the, here I am, like trying to be the uh, a jack of all trades and master of none, right? Which is the perception. And if I said, "Well, you know, we're going to we're going to sell just Italian food or just that kind of food or something." That pinpoints. And if I became more specific and I said, yeah, it's a restaurant that focuses on organic, you know, Italian food, all catered uh, from Italy or uh, all ingredients brought in from Italy with an Italian chef. Like we're, we're importing a chef or poaching a chef from a big restaurant <laughs> in Italy and bringing them in. And, you know, now there's a, a real focus on that restaurant mm-hmm. and that restaurant becomes very interesting and people will talk about it. And people who like Italian food are more apt to try that particular restaurant. Yeah. rather than a restaurant that just serves food. Exactly. And so you can really do well when you find that branding, which really does support the question, would you would you work for a client or product or service or candidate that you don't believe in? Well, if you're branding yourself, you won't really even ever face that conundrum, which is interesting. And I think it makes life a whole lot easier too, right? There, that is wonderful advice, David. Well, thank you again for joining me on the show. It's always an exciting conversation to talk to you, David, and we'll look forward to having you again on the show soon. Well, I'd like to thank Jeff in the background for doing an awesome job here putting this together. I thank you, Jeff. Stephanie, you're awesome as always. Um, yeah, thank you so much for having, having Edge Studio on. And that's the way we saw the world through the lens of voiceover this week. Thank you for listening and for spending time with us here on Vox Talk, discussing, I might say, a very important topic. A very special thank you to David Goldberg from Edge Studio. And for those of you who don't know, Edge Studio is a great educator in North America, and you can study with them, I think, remotely from anywhere, never mind going to the studio in person. Uh, And, you know, they do demos too. And so all the branding stuff that you just heard about today, I know that they have, of course, work material on that as well. So if you're looking to create a brand or try to find ideas, Uh, You might want to check them out for that. So to find Edge Studio, just go to edgestudio.com. And for Voices, I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli. Vox Talk is produced by Jeff Bremner. Thank you again for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.